Welcome back to Purpose Driven in Christ. This message is entitled, The Harvest is Great, but the Workers are Few. Jesus realized that there were not going to be many workers doing the things of God. He was very aware of where people were spiritually when he shared this with his disciples. Now, a lot of us have not become workers for Jesus's mission because we do not know why we were created. This is because of misaligned um, identities or not understanding our purpose. So I really like how in Luke 10, one through two, he shares about the need for more workers. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send more workers into the fields. So in this text, he's preparing his disciples to pray for more workers because he knows there's a harvest of people who want to know the truth. There's a harvest of people who want to know why they were created. And that is currently going on. He is current. He wants us to pray and be in a place of faith with wanting more workers for the things of God. Those who are doing the mission of Jesus. And he also prepares them to not take anything personally if there is rejection when they're doing the things of him so in Luke 10 16 then he said to the disciples anyone who accepts me excuse me anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me so when we are doing the work of Christ and the message is not received and there's rejection, they're not rejecting you. You're a messenger. We're messengers. When we're doing the things of God and we're sharing a message, we are the messenger. So if they reject it, if they say, I'm not interested, I'm good, I don't need prayer, I know where I'm going and those types of things, literally just rejecting Christ, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting him. And this is why it's so important to not take evangelism and sharing the gospel, to not take it personally when a person does not want to hear what God has to say because that's who they're rejecting. But there are people who will not reject it. Why? Because they have a heart 
to want to know the truth. Their heart is at a place where they really want to know why they were created. They really want to know their purpose for living. They really want to have security in knowing where they will go when they leave this earth. So there's a harvest of people who want that. And he he's indicating there's a harvest out there, but we need the workers to rise up to do the kingdom work. And so in Luke 11:23, there's also a reminder, anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So when we're not doing the things of God, there's an indication that we're working against what he's trying to do. This is why he wants those workers to rise up. He said, pray for the pray for more workers. We don't want to be working against the things of God by default, by not doing anything. Sometimes we can cause more harm than good and potentially be a stumbling block when we choose not to share anything, when we choose not to share the truth because we're concerned about um, people pleasing or someone getting offended because we're sharing the gospel or whatever it is. We can become more of a stumbling block by not sharing the truth and letting a person know that they have a purpose, that that God loves them. And they're still in this place of thinking that they were a mistake, of potentially being suicidal, of potentially living a life that they were never called to live because we are keeping the truth to ourselves. We're keeping the golden, like I look at it as like, We know the answer and we're keeping the answer to ourselves. And when he says the harvest is great, he's indicating there are, there are so many people waiting, but the workers are hanging out on the sideline. And so we, we really have to search our hearts and make sure we are not the ones on the sideline. When we're not for the things of God, we're not for the mission of helping others, the commission to go forward. Doing kingdom work might not always be accepted by the crowd. It might not be accepted by your family or friends. It might be something that people just think leaders and people who have titles are called to do, but that is not indicated in scripture. It's something he's called all his disciples to do. And as as long as we keep thinking that it's not for us, we are becoming a stumbling block for those who we were called to share the great news with. So you you might have friends or family members who are uncomfortable with talking about spiritual things they might change the topic now we know when that happens that is not of God that's a spiritual thing occurring because the enemy is what he's here to kill steal and destroy he does not want the truth shared he does not want anyone talking about 
um, their purpose. He doesn't want anyone understanding that they don't have to be depressed. He doesn't want anyone understanding that they don't have to live life aimlessly with no purpose, with no um, ambition or understanding that they're loved. He wants to shut that down. And he shuts it down by keeping us preoccupied with our agendas, with our areas of um, discomfort. So the opportunities are going to be there to share. But the question is, will we share when the opportunities present themselves? The number of workers are still few in comparison to the number of people who want to follow Christ and who are waiting. And a lot of people don't even know they're waiting to hear the truth. When you start to step out and share the great news of the gospel, people are enlightened. Even if they don't say they're enlightened, you see it on their face as if they just received information they've never knew about. This is beyond just the gospel. But this is even about purpose. This is not, it doesn't just stop it sharing how do you get to heaven, but it's now living this life on earth that we were called to live. And they realize that, wow, there was truth that was withheld from them. Do you know where, how that information is being withheld from the workers? not arising, from the workers not sharing, from us not stepping out of our comfort zones. So this is why there was a command to pray for more workers. Now here are some of the distractions from not being a worker. The love of money, loving the money, chasing the money, and letting that be the ultimate goal and purpose. So sometimes we can convince ourselves, well, I need to make sure I have all this money saved and I need to chase after this and have a legacy. But then if the legacy does not point back to Jesus and you have all this money and people are blessed by your money, but they don't even know where they're going when they leave leave this earth and they're living a life of deception and depression with no purpose to have that money and that money is not sending us to the right direction of using it, then we've misaligned purpose. So this is a distraction, the love of money, chasing money. Another one is the love of admiration and the sense of wanting to uh, feel accepted and belonging. So this means you, a person might chase after relationships, friendships, wanting to be accepted by others. That is the goal to just, I just want to have so many friends or I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. This is one of the reasons why individuals might join different organizations to feel accepted. They might join uh, gangs, the gangs that um, do things that harm other people because these types of things help them feel loved and accepted. But the truth is, is that we're loved and accepted by Christ. He's accepted us. When we choose to receive him as our personal savior, 
He adopts us. We're no longer an orphan living out aimlessly, trying to feel loved by other people and organizations and just this false sense of acceptance, you know, uh, worshiping other, like, other little gods through organizations and literally indicating that, you know, those types of things are more important than the God who created us. And this is what's happening here in this earth. This is what the enemy is trying to do. Distract us by wanting us to feel belonged by earthly things and people more so than our creator. So having a desire to focus on being loved and feeling love from other things can distract us from being a worker from being purpose-driven, a desire for being in a relationship. You know, a person can desire, if you're single, desire being married more than being a worker. Desire, I mean, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with desiring to be married. But if that desire is more than desiring to do the work of God, what's going to happen is that when you get married, the marriage is your idol. That you know, even if God said do something, that would not be at the top of the list because the desire, the mini idol is the marriage, is the relationship. But the beautiful part is that if both individuals who desire to do the work of God, if they're doing that now and they come together, that that actually improves, that intensifies the work getting accomplished because now you have two people teaming up doing kingdom work. And that that is really a beautiful benefit of teaming up together as a worker. So desiring, I think it's so beautiful if a person desires A follower of Christ desires to get married because they want another partner to partner together to do the kingdom work because they know that when there's more together doing it, you can get more accomplished and you can see more lives transformed and set free. So this is the benefit of having workers come together even in a marriage because you can see the movement happening with two people actually teaming teaming up with each other to help these missions move forward and what happens also if you are in a marriage and you're desiring the marriage and the relationships and the, and the feeling of the marriage and being loved by your partner and having your love language operating 24-7 and making that your idol, just feeling loved, feeling all these things that Jesus wants to do. That will become your idol once you get in that relationship and that marriage. And the desire to be a worker is very minimized. It's very, it's at the end of the list. And this is very common. This is very common in Christian couples. They get married. They're enjoying the benefits of marriage but the kingdom work is on the sideline kingdom work is just not for single people this is for everyone who is indicating they're a follower of Christ 
So instead of focusing on the love languages and making the marriage look like culture, kingdom culture is doing God's work together. This is back to renewing the mind. He 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 warned the he warned the disciples. The workers are few. Even when people get married, the workers are few. You would think the workers will increase because you have two coming together. But it even because it causes some workers to become few because now the focus, there's distraction. Paul even talks about that. So if you're doing it ahead of time, when you come together, the marriage won't be a distraction from kingdom kingdom work. You're still keeping God first. You're still putting your spouse next. And then you're doing kingdom work. That that is the order. And that can happen when we're when we're actually doing kingdom work now. When you're doing kingdom work now, and then when God brings that person together, you don't miss a beat. You just flow in what you you've already been doing. And the desire and the benefits of the marriage do not pull you away from being a worker. Okay. And this is the same thing if you have children. Some might say, well, how do you do that when you have children? The Holy Spirit can provide ways to share and to allow your marriage and your family to be a, um, a witness. You all can literally do it together. Go and do things as a family to bless the community. Go to the park as a family and feed the homeless or share your faith and sit with those who might be homeless or who might just be sitting on a bench, just staring. Approach those individuals and say, hey, you know, um, how can we pray for you? And your children are there too and say, okay, um, David, go ahead and pray for this this, uh, young woman or uh, man or whatever the case is. You are equipping your children to do it. You're you're saying, okay, um, you know, you're giving your child an opportunity to pray for a stranger. And guess what? They might start craving to do that every week. Can we go and pray for people? This is part of training children up into the things of God. You make it a family thing. You make it normal. When you make it something that seems abnormal, they're going to not desire it. They're going to desire playing video games and everything else that the culture is indicating to do. So that's the difference. Because a lot of times I think we think when you have children, oh, how do you do that? Just like how a person goes to a football game with their children to play the league games and all these different things and parties, just how you carve three hours out for that. You do the same thing for missions. You do the same thing for community-related stuff. It, it, the, only, the only thing that's holding a family back from doing it is fear, being uncomfortable, not being equipped, and allowing other idols to take precedence in your life. That's, that's what it is. Because the time is still there. If you, if you take the same time away and say, okay, we're not doing the sports, we're not doing the video games, we're not doing the party, we're just going to do this. And you'll see you actually do have time to do it. But then you get to, you. it's, it's important to always get to the root as to the why that is not at the top of the list. The thing is, as you're listening to this message as being a worker, 
And as Jesus was talking to his disciples, when he encouraged them to pray for more workers, he was at a place of understanding that his disciples had the heart that he had for people. Because look, they left their lives behind to follow Jesus. So at this point, they're doing what Jesus did. And so when our heart is to follow him, it's not, you're, you're not feeling like you have to, you become at a place of, I want to. You don't have to tell me twice, Jesus. I want to do that. That's where we should be. Like a want to, I want to do the, the mission of Jesus. So anytime we feel like we're feeling compelled or I feel forced or I feel like I have to do that, we want to, one, break the spirit of legalism and the spirit of religion off our lives because this is not about religion. This is about a relationship that leads us to doing kingdom work. It's through a relationship. When you love someone, you do stuff that pleases them. You're on their mission. You're you're on you're on the page that you would want things to move on the same accord. And that's that's the same thing it is. That's that's the same way it is with Jesus. When you love him, he said when we love him, we obey our his commands. And his his commands are to go and make disciples and share the good news. And if we look at it solely as a command and not of empowerment, like, thank you, Jesus, for empowering me with purpose to go and do that. Now I understand what I'm here for. Instead of looking at it like a command, when we truly follow him and love him, we look at it like, thank you, Jesus, for showing me what my purpose is. I want to do that. That's a big difference. Because when we look at it like, oh, I have to, we're not going to do it. Like if you have, if you feel like you have to love your spouse, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to see that, wow, you're just doing this because you want me to what, not say this or say that. So you have to really do stuff from the heart and not from a place of um, being, um, feeling like you're pressed to do it. Or if you don't do it, you don't appear like a Christian. This is why we have to work on the heart issue. Where's the heart? What idols are there that's causing a person not to want to do the work of Christ? What what types of things have infiltrated the heart, the mind? Is there an area of fear? Is there a place of pride? Has culture become an idol? Is there concern about what other people might think? So we always have to get to the root as to why the heart is like that. If I'm not wanting to do anything God has called me to do, if I if I don't want to read my word or pray or anything like that, I have to get to where is this coming from? What is the root? What what kind of um, what windows have I opened? Who am I around? What influences are getting me to that place of not desiring? Because whatever that root is, that needs to be dealt with. So that we can truly do things freely with sincerity. Whatever we make a priority is truly what's in our heart. You you really can't fake it. It's like if other things are prioritized, that that means that's what's moving in the heart at the moment. 
Okay. So in 1 John 2, 15 through 16, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. This is another distraction. Love in the world more than the things of God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, chasing after stuff, money, the pride of life, wanting to have fame and titles and be known more so than helping people understand their identity and purpose and helping lost souls get saved. If we're desiring earthly things more than the things of God, then that means that our love is of those things and not of the Father. That's what the scripture is indicating. There will be a lot of, when I indicated the distraction, the love of money, um, lack of self-control, just really living for the flesh. The scripture talks about this. So in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. This is another, this is the distraction right here. It's listed here in Timothy. In the last days, this is what we're going to see more than people being workers. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. So being puffed up with pride will, will have a person with a platform to promote themselves but not the things of God and this is this is there, there's a warning that this is happening and this is why the workers are few so this is why we have to pray for for God to bring more workers pray for those to truly start following Christ so that they can do the work of of, of him so here are some ways to avail ourselves Pray for those who are following Christ to be enlightened to their purpose, to be around other people who will help them move forward. Encourage people to be around godly friends, someone who will pray for them, who will remind them of why they were created, who will encourage them when they're going when they're going going backwards, when they're in a place of feeling helpless or feeling like they want to give up, you want someone who can encourage you to keep moving forward, not allow you to go backwards and go into a place of depression and drinking and living a life 
of sin. You want someone to hold you accountable. You want to be in a place where you're befriending people for the purpose of God, not for selfish reasons, not what you can get out of that person. You want to make sure you are having the mind of Christ when you're befriending people because a lot of times God will cause you to befriend people to disciple them or to call them higher into the things of God so that they can start being purpose-driven so that they can be on God's mission for a living. And we also want to get ourselves off our minds. Once we do that, we will find ourselves availing ourselves a lot more to kingdom work. Make sure you're not surrounding yourself with in individuals who drain you. That That's what the enemy does. He will connect people to you who will drain you and drain you of earthly things. And if you don't know how to establish boundaries, the enemy will, he will, he'll create that for you. He'll make sure you have no boundaries and he will allow those who you least expect to drain you of your energy. He will cause them to consistently um, need your time or distract you from things that they could have handled if they prayed and used wisdom or if they used self-control and discipline. So this is why you have to operate in a place of discernment so you're not being drained by the enemy's decoys, distractions. If you're, if you have difficulty speaking up or if you have difficulty being a people pleaser, it's going to be very easy to be drained and pulled and, and, and not doing anything for God because you're doing stuff that's not you're just going in a circle you're you're talking about the same thing to the person who is not moving forward in the things you told you know shared with them that God prompted you to share with them so they're still not doing any of that but their 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 assignment is to drain you one to not move in so what the enemy's assignment is for them is to not move in purpose to not know why they were created and then to come and drain you so that you don't move forward so discernment will show us that and allow us to put boundaries up and understand when and when not to share, when to move forward and when to pull back. If we have difficulty speaking up and putting boundaries up, we will find ourselves not moving forward in purpose. Those are hindering spirits that the enemy attaches to people to block them from moving forward. He'll use family members all day long people who you're the closest to and you think oh no they wouldn't do that they know no the enemy he's a deceiver he's not going to make it obvious this is this this whole thing is spiritual he will allow things that have been on a person's life for a long time that they don't even know they have it you know we're talking about that demonic um oppression or whatever the influencers that have not been uprooted out of a person he will use them to hinder people from moving forward. And we might say, oh, no, no, they, I, they're not going to stop. But this is what he does. He hinders people through manipulative behaviors through other people. And you can't see manipulation all the time. Manipulation is making something bigger than what it is to zap a person of their time or to redirect them from doing something they need to do. I need you to do this. Oh, can you come pick me up? Or... These are, and we might look at it like, oh no, this is earthly thing, but the enemy, he's very crafty in what he does. 
This is why we have to understand the spiritual realm of what's happening and what is something that is of God and what is something that is of the devil. And it's not going to, it's not going to be obvious if, if you're used to being a, if you feel stuff all the time and you have to feel things and, and you're always feeling to do something. When I say feel, it's more of like an emotion. Someone's drawing you to do something. Someone's um, trying to uh, make you feel a certain way to get you to do something. That is a form of manipulation, a subtle form of witchcraft. And that's how the enemy operates to get people off course, especially those who, especially if God is calling you to do something and you're really at a place of obedience, he, he does that. So we should actively be praying for those who are following Christ, for them to be raised up to do the things they were created to do from the beginning. So Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has already prepared us to do his work. We're his workmanship. And he's prepared us for that. So if anyone indicates that they don't know their purpose, he indicated in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The good works is kingdom work. It's being on the mission for Christ, understanding why we were created, loving him with all of our hearts, loving others, living a life that is not enslaved to sin so that we're not distracted from being a worker, being kingdom-minded, and being in God's will. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We love you. We glorify you. We magnify you. You're such an amazing God, such an amazing Father. You're a father to those who are fatherless. You're a father to those who've never seen a father, Lord. I thank you so much for revealing that to people. Anyone right now who's listening to this, I pray that they get the revelation that they're not fatherless. They have a father who created them with purpose from the beginning. Lord, we just thank you so much for loving us enough to want us to do the mission that you've called us to do, to be the worker you called us to be, to trust you, Lord, to be in a place of loving you so that when we love you, we do your work because we want to, not because we have to, because it's a privilege, because it's a byproduct of our Lordship and the new life we're living, Lord. I thank you for revealing purpose to us, Lord. Lord, and I ask that you help us to continue to live out this purpose, that we're intentional about praying for these workers to get on the field and do the kingdom assignments that they've been called to do from the beginning, Lord. Help us to not walk in a place of complacency and fear and be in a place of loving money than loving purpose and loving the mission that you've called us to be in. 
Lord, we just thank you so much. We give you the glory and honor for even thanking of us enough to be workers for your kingdom. What a privilege, Lord. I thank you so much. We give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you all, be encouraged and reminded that there is nothing impossible with God. Thank you.